are the Coin Boys, your average everyday crypto gaming tech bros. That's right, it's Andy, aka producer, BTW or producer, by the way. Uh, sitting right to my left is Aaron, aka Sanity Crypto on Twitter and Instagram. Daniel. What's up, guys? How you doing, Daniel? <laughs> I'm doing oh, pretty yeah, good. Daniel's at your... D Gutierrez 84 on that one. There it is. Yes. <laughs> uh, you're supposed to pass the torch. You're like I, the guy well, to my. He was in the middle, but then you, then cut you cut said you cut him Sorry, off. I'm so used to the whole freaking intro. I've been doing it for what? For like, 17 years two, now. Almost two change. years. Oh, okay. It's <laughs> almost two years. Yeah, we're close. Uh, in December, it's two years, so it's a year and a half. That's good. Yeah. So um, a little bit over. Right off the top. You like you like listening to podcasts on your iPhone if you're an iPhone user. Well, go to our iTunes because it's one of our biggest platforms for the Coin Boys mm-hmm. and rate, review, and subscribe because you might be surprised if you've been listening to us and you notice you weren't subscribed because you can like download podcasts without being subscribed. So don't forget to hit that That's subscribe. Annoying. You should be able to. Like, you should. It should be hand in hand. Yeah, but uh, I always notice that. So please subscribe, rate, review uh, on iTunes, and then of course for you Android users, we're not gonna forget you guys. We have SoundCloud, Never. we have Google Play, we have Spotify. Come on, there's like I, there's some outlets I have no idea, but we're and, on but it. we're on it. So if there's like some like space station that has our podcast playing in Mars, then then good for them. Yeah, we got a listener. Uh, anyway, uh, I'm super excited to be back. We have some like really cool news to talk about. I want to talk off the top uh, very lightly about uh, some changes to the show. I want to know if you guys are okay with that. Sure. Um, so basically, we did like a test shoot last week with Mob Crush, uh, which is kind of like Exciting. a interesting uh, startup that's uh, been around for quite a bit. They did some mobile Twitch streaming, like you could stream mm-hmm. from there. They have uh, partnered uh, streamers and stuff like that, and they do a lot of things in the gaming space, and they're looking for content. So they reached out to the Coin Boys. We did a little test shoot, which means that we're going to have more of a show for you guys. A video. A video show. Yeah. And it's going to involve, of course, cryptocurrency. It's going to involve technology. And we're talking about maybe doing live tech demos. We're talking about also playing video games games live for the first time. And we did it. At, which we love that. And and I think, uh, which we'll sh- I'll be showing some clips this week from our, our, our test shoot, which actually came out pretty great. So I'm excited to share some, some scenes with you guys to give you a little bit of a taste of our new Coinboy show powered by Mob Crush. And that's pretty much all I'm going to really say right now because I don't... that's everything, literally. Because that's everything, but... <laughs> so I'm glad you stopped at the end. No, I think it's exciting. I think, uh, yeah, doing the video medium is something that I think makes it easier for us to do. You know, we could talk about video games all day, but showing video games and playing video games and, and doing tech demos, I mean, that's that's exciting. What I yeah, love that, that, that we're going to be doing is when we reference something, for the most part, we're g- you're going to be able to see exactly what we're referencing as well. So you're mm-hmm. still going to get to podcast. It's still going to be on audio, but but the video will be able to enhance it so much more. Uh, and I really enjoyed it. Uh, I, I'm not one to toot my own horn in front of everybody, but this time I'm going to. Yeah. I really, really enjoyed it um, watching that show. So uh, I'm excited for the for the future. So whenever it comes out, surprise release date, um, it'll be interesting. And you guys and it's going to be soon. I just it. didn't want to like yeah. put any date on it just yet. Yeah, um, we don't. We don't. I just want to talk but, about it. But you'll get there. You guys will get it. Yeah, and stay tuned on our social media media and check out the Coin Boys podcast. That's where we'll be throwing up uh, some clips to give you guys a little taste of our new show that's coming. Uh, and I mean, I have nothing more to say about that, but I do have something to say before we move on to all this, 
all this news and block news and whatever. Um, basically, and I was going to save this for next week, but I'm sorry. I'm a huge comic fan, and <laughs> one of my favorite comic books of all time is now ended out of a sudden end. I was going to ask. Like, um, I was reading the comic. This is uh, uh, wa- the Walking Dead comic, not the show. So take the show out of your head right now. This has nothing to do with the show. We're talking about the original comic that started in 2003 that I started Long reading. time ago. I started reading in like 2007. Uh, and started collecting. I actually have a decent collection uh, that I'm like really proud of and like I have. And uh, just suddenly at issue 193, Robert Kirkman, I'm reading this issue and I'm like, what is going on? It seems like a like like a wrap up. Like a wrap up. Yeah. Like, like, you know, when uh, do you guys see Endgame? Yeah. You know I how it, they were like revisiting all of the, the so past. So it was doing like you were revisiting characters and talking to where they are. It wasn't the past. It was it was a time jump. But I don't want to spoil anything really. Um, what I'm saying is is that at the end of the comic, I'm like, oh my god, it's over. And then he, Robert Kirkman, wrote a whole letter to the fans explaining why it all ended a sudden. And I'm like, thank you, Robert Kirkman, for ending it the way you did. Yeah. Because ending it on his terms is probably the best way. Like first of all, he was saying I didn't want to end it with like a promotional like bullshit. Where you're just, this is the last issue of The Walking Dead. It's coming out this time. Instead, he ended it when he wanted to end it and and totally hid it from everybody. Which is interesting. I mean, so... He even made four fake issue covers to show the publisher image. They're like, oh yeah, these are going to be the future. Because they have to do that. They have oh, to wow. show them covers. Didn't tip his hand. Yeah. So wait, Image didn't even know. Image didn't know until this issue. Um, or someone maybe, like uh, someone might have known, but I think Approved it was only it. him and the artist. Got it. Uh, listen, Robert Kirkman uh, can do whatever he wants, I think. it's a, See, Image is an independent, you're in full possession of your your comic at Image. So mm. whenever you want to end it, right. whenever you so end it, you don't have a every, deal. So he wasn't under contract or something. Yeah. 200 That's the beauty of Image is that they only like pay for your publishing and you, you kick them back. That's how it works. So there's only been 193 issues out only of the, since 2003? So was it monthly? It was monthly, but they did some like specials. It was, yes, monthly. Correct. Got it. Always monthly, yeah. Damn. Black and white. Although uh, I, I can respect that just with any kind of, uh, whether it's TV show or comic book, if someone can end it on their terms rather than like drag it out, drag it out, and then it's like, oh, we've lost it was great. interest and we just got to wrap Thank it up. God. And, and, and I in cried. addition to that, that's actually, a, I've, I feel that's a kind of a tip of the hat to the true fans because the true fans yes, it was. were going to catch it. Uh, everybody else had to hear about it. And then obviously they could have done a big cash grab and, and did this whole thing, but he or did jump it to the his shark true and fans. Keep it going. <laughs> yeah. He did it for his true fans who, who, who are there reading it right now and they will get the end and they will realize well, it's the end and only they will know. Now, now, I knew the end was coming because something traumatic happened in issue 192, and I don't want to spoil it, but something very traumatic happened, and I was like, whoa. Um, but then it only took one issue for it to now. Uh, wow. But yes, yeah, so Damn. it was a time jump, and the moral of the story, if I could tell you my my experience of reading The Walking Dead, what the moral is, okay. because The Walking Dead was a zombie world but it was about humanity and humans and their interaction and survival so the future wasn't that there was a cure to rid of the zombies it was a wipe and trials of humanity could humanity survive it was almost like a plague or god was Mm -hmm. resetting the earth so and that's not what they said it wasn't but that's how i treated it okay and it was can humanity survive and in in the walking dead rick rhymes is like the Jesus that creates humanity again. And like, I'm going to cry, man. You guys, wow. I had to talk about it because it actually was something I spent years reading. 
Like this isn't a TV show. So this how did you feel reading that oh, last shit. page? Shit, I the, <laughs> I mean the last page was like just beautiful. Yeah. Like Damn. fuck! Thank God they ended it right. They because look well, th- did. In, in in the explanation, did he uh, did Robert Kirkman explain that this is how he wanted it? No, to he end? told an alternative ending that was supposed like there was another time he went through. This is what's really crazy. He says maybe sixty issues earlier, he almost ended it like this. Oh, okay. And then he was like, "Wait, no, I'm not done yet. No, I can't do that." But he had an ending. So the ending there was that humanity didn't survive. Oh, that okay. at the end of that one is there's a statue of Rick Grimes. So where he had one mm-hmm. like. But it was a destroyed world with zombies just walking, which I'm, you know, whatever. That that would be just like a sad ending. Thank God it's a happy ending. So it's about humanity surviving. You know? Okay. So um, I think he sees like the world today. And he goes, let's make this a happy ending. <laughs> I, I guess. But he was saying that he almost did that ending and whatnot. But uh, yeah, sorry to get all emotional. But fuck, I even did a little podcast. I had it was called the Drop Dead Cast. And I would read through the issues and commentate what I thought about everything and tell you like my thoughts of the story. I did like maybe like 10 episodes, but then Andy's been a serial podcaster. I, I really have. <laughs> um, and then I got, you know, like three years later, I got a tweet that said, hey, when are you bringing back the Drop Dead podcast? I'm like, wait a minute. People listen to that? <laughs> the loyal listener. I had like one guy. He's like, yeah. The one guy in space going, he's like, we need more. He's like, the, you know why I started that podcast? Because there everything was overshadowed by the TV show that there was a Walking Dead podcast but it was about the fucking TV show. Well, same no like one, Game of Thrones did the same thing. Right. Yeah. No one talked about the comics. I was like, I want to talk about the fucking comics. So that guy was like, I love how you just talk about the comic. I was like, thanks. Because that's the whole point. But anyway, sorry to drag on the show. Uh, anything quickly you guys want to do? I mean, it was 4th oh, of July Oh, I only get quickly? Okay, uh, it was good. Uh, no, I mean, yeah, it was a good weekend. Um, but I know or fast that... Or slowly, I don't know. <laughs> so, Daniel, your your um, Rift S has not arrived yet. No. But they give you tracking info. Did you check? Nothing it? yet. Oh. They, they said they would give me tracking info and all that stuff. Did you hit oh. them up? Uh, not yet. It's only been... It hasn't... It, like, I think this week will be like the month. and then. But mm. it hasn't even been a month since they told me. I'm kind of giving them... And I was going to give them like a month and a half before I say, hey, hello. Yeah. Hey, did I miss something? Where's my stuff? But, but I, also, I know you were taking advantage of the Steam Summer Sale, yes, which ends... Well, we're shooting this right now. So uh, ends recording this when on you're the hearing 8th, this. So it's... Yeah. Tomorrow. It's it the ends night. today. It the ends today, today, the day you're listening. Yes. yes. So get on Steam and buy your stuff now while it's still cheap. Yeah. So uh, what'd you get, bro? I got this VR boxing because I think what I, the approach I'm going to take to to VR is I w- we see it as the future. We see it as as something that's going to be kind of a part of our daily life with mm-hmm. AR and VR, and, and it's going to change Absolutely. the way we get entertained and and it's going to change a lot of things. One thing I think it's going to change is exercise. So I got something that I think is going to help me to exercise. So I got a boxing game. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited for that. And then I also got uh, a South Park uh, the fractured butthole. No, the, what is that? The <laughs> fractured butt hole. There it is. But Thank yes, you. you say it all together. That's yeah. Because um, I thing. always wanted to see it. I always wanted it to play that game. It is a funny game. It seems like I love yeah. funny games. And then I got also a Borderlands two, just because uh, I got a free Borderlands thing from PlayStation, and then I got another free Borderlands. So I'm like, they're giving, they're practically giving it away. So I'll take it. Oh, it's so good though. Yeah, Borderlands two is just like wacky cartoon chaos. Um, crazy amounts of assault weaponry and huge monsters it's uh, so good so i'm excited for borderlands 3 yeah. so you might as well practice up well today i'm gonna practice today's gonna be a, a good practice day That's i haven't good. been able to play too much i've been playing a batman arkham knight uh-huh. uh, which is fun um i've just noticed that the side quests are still 
killing me. I'm like, give me the story. I just want to finish the story. Oh, yeah. So many side quests. But just to throw back to the whole VR and working out, I actually got a huge benefit. You know, right after my daughter was born, it was like, it was hard to get motivated to work out. So I started playing Beat Saber on my, my VR. Which my, was my an Oculus. awesome video. Have you <laughs> Thank you. That was really uh, awesome. Yeah, I started playing that and I actually put on my 30-pound weight vest when I would play. And I ended up like dropping 10 pounds in six weeks just by playing 30 minutes of Beat Saber each day. It was actually, wow. yeah, it was quite nice. So it helped me uh, stay on top I of the dad you, But I, when I saw you play, that's like a lot of physical activity. That was like, it's kind of like a yeah. more up, updated version of, of DDR. Have you ever thought about putting like uh, the wrist weights? I've done the wrist weights, but sometimes you have to move your, your arms so quickly that I'm like, I'm going to tear a rotator cuff oh, like, it was just it. it's just too much you have to move so fast sometimes that you'll sweat regardless so i play on expert plus now because i've been playing for a while and you know i've gotten my skill level up so i play on expert or expert plus are the only ones that challenge me anymore oh my but goodness. you're i'll i will tell you to probably look into buying beat saber on steam while it's on a discount it's actually not on discount i oh, checked so i was gonna buy just, it but it's not on discount then just wait for so it I'm just, i'll wait till i get closer because I, I also I need, still need to save up for the computer to run the damn thing yeah yeah <laughs> gonna need that but no, that's good. Yeah. I'm excited. But it was a good 4th of July weekend. Anybody get scared by, by uh, oh, the really earthquake? close fireworks? And oh. Earthquakes? oh, earthquakes, yes. Oh, okay. I thought I you were going to say the earthquake. No, no, I do have a funny story about that. Oh, okay. I do have a funny story. So anyways, fireworks uh, were going off all over my grandmother's backyard really close. Uh, and it just freaked me out a little bit. But so the July 4th, we had an earthquake here. Yes. All right. Did you guys feel it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I did I not. I felt both of them. Where I, where I Here, I felt nothing. And I was awake the whole time. What? Because that I work at my building it, was swaying. We were swaying. That's it, but you guys yeah, were, I guess, floor, technically I guess. closer. I don't know, but um, but I, I it was a six point six was the six first point, one. Yeah, and then the next day was a seven point one. Uh, that's the two biggest earthquakes we've had since the big one, yes. which was a six point four. But that was right under our feet here on the San Andreas Fault. Yeah, these both were out in the desert, like Death Valley, and um, the other seven point one was again somewhere else. Well, I was here for the Northridge earthquake. That was destruction. That was bad, and that was what did that, that, was that feel like? It was so basically when I was here for the for the Northridge, I was a shaker, I was in, right? I was in the fourth grade. No, no, I was in the fifth grade. Sorry, it was ninety four. So I was in the fifth grade, and it was Martin Luther King day so we didn't actually have to go to school it was a monday we'd have to go to school had we gone to school the buses would have been operating at the time that the that the earthquake hit um it's probably not a bad place to be though in a bus uh probably not but yeah as long as you're not on a bridge was very violent everything shook up and down and i had never been in an earthquake like that i I woke up to my head like banging against the headboard i slept over my cousin's house that night because it was a special special day it was sunday night into monday we had no school and my head was just banging across it. And uh, I woke up going, what the hell's going on? My uncle and my aunt came and grabbed us from the beds and stuff like that, from the sleepover. And we stood underneath the doorway. and Which is actually false. That's not actually the safest place to be. Well, guess what? We survived. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but barely. No, but that, it's like the second second place. Yeah. Because uh, there was no there Out was no in table. the yard is the safest place, honestly. Yeah, we couldn't get there in time. Yeah. Basically, because uh, everything was already so shaking that stuff was already on the floor that you don't know what you're stepping on. Yeah. And nobody, very few people have shoes and stuff like that when they're sleeping. So it's like, mm-hmm. um, and you're supposed to have stuff near <clears throat> you. But anyways, the scariest part to that was I had never seen a city without power. Oh, yeah. I had never seen the sky. I'd never <laughs> seen the stars. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That does change and a lot when LA freaked the crap out of me because yeah. I saw a shooting star. And I thought the sky was falling. I legitimately <laughs> thought the sky was falling. I'm like, oh, my God. Everything's... Calm down, chicken really little. Bad. Exactly. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> so um, it was a very interesting experience that first time. This time, I've been, I'm basically a veteran at this point. I had three months off of school the first time. We had enough time to figure out what the hell's going on. And uh, this time around, the first earthquake, I felt nothing. One, I received no phone calls. 
two from any of my family. Mm-hmm. Zero. Day two, I received six phone calls. <laughs> the difference, I had my daughter. Oh, oh. Basically, nobody gives a crap about me unless yeah. I have my daughter. <laughs> when it's coming down to it. Well, but the second one, I did feel that was a crazy one. Well, don't forget my my family's all East Coast, so they're all like texting me and like shit. I'm yeah, like, it, you, I was like, I'm climbing out of the rocks right now. <laughs> like I told my brother, he's like, No, you, no. I can't believe it. <laughs> I had to stop and tweet and then text you back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, no. I just grabbed my, my bug out bags and, and loaded up my car. And if you guys don't have go bags ready to go, I'm going to lecture you guys later. Where am I going? I, I, I have go bags. You're getting out of your apartment that might crumble, crumble. if the okay. big one yeah, hits yeah. again. Like, so where should... do I go? Run out of the house? Yeah, yeah you get, get out, out of the house. your place. Yeah, right. definitely. Um, Hop over the balcony and just jump down. Can. Yeah, But if you have a bag, like basically pack like you're camping for three days. You know, like food, water, uh, medical supplies, and clothes. Like if you have that you're going to be a lot better off than 90% of Los yeah. Angeles. You're going to be pretty good. Yeah. Uh, th- here, the truth is, in where the epicenter was, um, it was really bad. At, oh, yeah. The first one wasn't as bad. The first one, you had some very, like one structure fire, I think, and then and then a few things on the floor that fell in the supermarkets. But the second one, I, I saw some a lot of destruction on that one. So I feel for those people. I feel for those kids, especially those kids, because this wasn't during school time, so... This is ruining their holiday. For me, it was during school time, so I actually had like again three months off of school. So that's crazy. I feel bad. So I don't think that there's any deaths though. So thank goodness for that one. That's huge. So my heart goes out to those people who did have any damage because I've been through that. I understand. Yeah. So there's nothing you can do. It's not like a hurricane where you can see it coming from forever away. But it's also predictable, like a hurricane where you know it's going to hit you eventually. See, I was in our a category four hurricane. It's different because you know you, you're watching the news until the power goes out. Yep. And you know when it's going to hit. Uh, but the worst is when you lose power. We were out of power for a month after uh, Wilma. It's awful. Category four in West Palm, Palm Beach County. Man, I'm trying. Yeah. I, when I was in Orlando, man. we used to get. Yeah, that's Hurricane Alley right there. I remember getting that all the time. But the it's cool scary. thing was people would have uh, hurricane parties. Because like a hurricane's yeah. coming. They're like, why do you have a party? And you're like, well, that may be the last time you throw a party in that house. So you that's might as well true. Do yeah. Shit. So those were at least fun, but then you were like, "All right, well, let's uh, sleep in the hallway because so the window doesn't blow out and you don't get showered with glass in the middle of the night." Oh man, yeah, yeah, I don't think those I could are do a hurricane. I could barely do earthquakes, but at least earthquakes is just kind of like a band-aid being ripped off. It's gonna, ha- it just happens. Yeah, then you and live then, in the Midwest and you got tornadoes you and twisters. And no, stuff, I can't so. do that. <laughs> yeah, no, no. <laughs> it's okay. I don't yeah. want to fight the wind. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, this was chit chat. Thanks. So Welcome. Much. I like what you wrote on the board. Uh, we have like an outline board, and he wrote chit chat. Yeah, whatever. Thanks you want for joining us for chit chat. <laughs> Thanks for joining us for chit chat. You guys got all your crypto news in that. All right, let's get into block news. So, uh, what's going on? Uh, I see Ripple with the word hack next to it. Oh, Ripple, yes. Hack. Uh, so, GitHub uh, got hacked on uh, July 1st. First, explain what GitHub is. GitHub is a, uh, it's a place where you can sync up your ledger, you know, and basically okay. uh, access your funds and Copy. whatnot. Uh, so, the, the hackers, it looked like they noticed that the APIs were redirecting uh, to like a few uh, IP addresses. Uh, so it seems like they hacked the APIs to get access to people's private keys of about 100 ledgers containing XRP. So they got over $10 million of XRP hacked and redirected. 
So now, was it only the XRP that that they could have gotten stolen from your ledger? Could they, if you had other things on the ledger, could they have gotten that too? It seems like the API that they wrote was just to take XRP. So I mean, that was the only that was the big news. I mean, I I could I didn't get into the the weeds on it or anything, but yeah. And then you got, of course, you got the XRP army that got all up in arms and. It was kind of interesting because there's, you know, Tiffany Hayden, XRP Barbie, you know, all that stuff. <laughs> She's very big proponent, a uh, big person on uh, of, of a fan of Ripple and XRP. She basically did a shout out to Jed McCaleb, you know, who started Stellar, who used to be with Ripple, and was like, hey, it'd be a great gesture if you gave all these people lumens to cover what they lost. And I'm like, no, debt, no, first of suffer. All, yeah. Well, first of all, they didn't treat him all that good. He didn't leave on the best terms. And then to kind of shout out and be like, hey, why don't you give all these people? It'd be a great olive branch. I was like, that's kind of a ridiculous request. You know, and she got a bunch of shit for it and, you know, maybe a bit more guff than she should have gotten. But I still think it was uh, it was a pretty ridiculous request. But That is a dumb request. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very dumb request. Listen, um, they, they XRP. The, the one thing about these hacks is they can... I like as many hacks as possible now because we're still early in crypto. And yes, a lot of people are going to uh, will lose their money. But the other half is we'll be able to see flaws for the future to, to yeah. kind of deal I mean, deal if with. you have anything online, information or money, it can get hacked. Nothing is 100% safe. Why do they say the wild, wild west? It's the wild, wild west still, <laughs> right? Because yeah. back the then robbers. when the banks open, hey... Uh, ma'am, we don't have your money today because yesterday we got robbed that's, that's true. by the Cowboys. <laughs> My goodness. So it's like very comparable if you think about currency yeah. in those yeah. days. Like You want to ride the train for convenience? You might get robbed on the train. You yeah. know? It's like, so you got to yeah. be really careful because people are going to rob you. Take your stuff off exchanges. Use well, non-custodial websites. They, this is the people who did take their stuff use off paper, exchanges. But use a paper wallet. I mean, no, but you're well, using a third party still to store your... Well, this is the thing. And I, I could get somebody who's more tech savvy than I, but... There has to be custody of funds by GitHub for these people, or you have to have your ledger plugged in at the time. A hundred ledgers were plugged in and activated with their XRP wallets while this happened. Like if I use my ledger with mycrypto.com, they're non-custodial, so it's like I just oh. use it to access. So it's like for them to get hacked, like um, what was it? Um, uh, my Ether wallet. You know, they had a little API issue too, and it was like, oh, don't don't even hook up to the website because if you do, someone could potentially redirect your funds. So if it's a non-custodial, I don't believe this could have happened. And again, I don't know enough about GitHub to really dig into it. We might be able to ask a, our our local, you know, smarty pants Keith Mukai soon. <laughs> but yes, um, yeah, I just think like th- I think there could have been ways to avoid this by literally having your ledger so, disconnected on a non-custodial so there are different sites system. or different uh, systems for you to hook up your ledger to that you have your choice yes and that's okay. why mycrypto.com got started because uh taylor monahan which you guys have had on the show a big fan of hers uh you know she basically was saying i think we can do this differently and i think the uh, my ether wallet guy was like ah then go do it you know so she basically went okay. off and made my crypto so it's like okay well this is a almost the exact same thing but it's a safer version of it that makes sense you know she's all about uh freedom of funds and safety and all that stuff so it She's doing the good work out there. Excellent. She's doing the good, the good deeds, the good work in crypto Indeed. land. So sorry, XRP army, that that happened. But I'm um, not. Ooh, I'm not harsh. <laughs> All right. So we leave one that you love, Daniel, and we go to another one you love, and that's Tron. Oh, he loves. So Tron. something with the police. A little FUD involved. What's going on? Definitely some FUD. So, yeah, there was big announcements. Even CCN apparently had reported. Which, a, by a the way, if you guys. Have if you guys follow CCN, stop. 
Just stop. It <laughs> is, is the awful. onion of uh, No, it's the it's the Fox News of it's the Fox News of crypto. They're clickbaity and, and sensational. So they've been supposed to this thing like, oh, Tron's office got raided by the Chinese government and Justin Sun has been arrested and like they even had like uh people were posting fake videos of like the police raiding a building and they were like, Oh, this is the Tron headquarters raid. Like the FUD was unbelievable. And it turns out it was just that Somebody used a TRC20 token, the Tron platform, to create a Ponzi scheme, and they took a bunch of people's money, and there was protesters at the Tron offices, so the police came to remove the protesters because they were, you know, being pretty aggressive because they were like, oh, pay us back, yeah. Justin's son. I mean, there's a w- girl that killed herself over lo- losing the funds, which was Ooh. terrible, but and people were blaming, oh, Justin's son caused this suicide. I'm like, holy crap. It wasn't even him. No. No. So people are accusing CCN of of blowing this out of proportion to manipulate and possibly buy bags cheaper or whatnot. I mean, I just... It's messy. Last I checked on CCN, I thought they were going down. They announced that they were shutting down because they didn't have the funds to continue on. So that's interesting to me. They got some to lower some trust. They could, maybe because they're very popular. They could have gone to another. Someone might have been like, "Hey, I'll give you money." Yeah, somebody may have bought them out, but that's still very interesting. I thought they were. I thought they were done. I was so happy. (laughs) I honestly was so happy, but. Basically, if you hear about the police raiding Tron, it's not because Tron itself is a Ponzi scheme. It's because there's another thing using their name as a Ponzi scheme. Yeah, and I'm not the biggest fan of Tron, but I hate this FUD even more. It's I'm, like yeah. literally people – it's so bad. I'm not a big fan of Tron, but I am inter- I think Justin Sun is far more interesting than any of the Ripple execs because he, he makes me laugh. We had Tron on the show, bro. Yeah, he makes me laugh. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, so I'm going to take a guess – I'm pretty sure I know what this Bluetooth tech is. It's the uh, cassette player that is correct. that is going to now be able to play old cassettes what? and play wireless Bluetooth. I have I retweeted it on the Coinboys. Yes, um, super cool. I think in so many ways. But what was your what did you want to talk about? Well, basically exactly? that's exactly that's it. That oh. was basically it. so. But but it's from a Kickstarter, so it doesn't yeah. exist yet. And I love the name of it. Well, it's got. I mean, the tech no, is all there. I think the tech is all there. Yeah. No, the tech is all. The thing is, I got rid of all my cassettes because I was like, ah, dead media, and there's, now they're going to be useful again. There's a small, I really don't get it. There's a small uh, area of Twitter, like the retro game Twitter, where people like share their cassettes and stuff. Yeah. So there's people. Cassettes are becoming collectibles. I'm gonna tell you this: they though. are collectibles. V- VHS is coming uh, collectible too. Yeah. So save your VHS. Well, I, here's the thing. No, you have to like rewind Isn't and fast forward on a slow VCR. It's horrible. But if this gets made and you buy it, you know what the name of the thing that you're buying? What? It's called It's Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's because okay, that's what it's like when promise. you listen to a ca- cassette. It's yeah, okay. That's on true. wireless Bluetooth. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's all it is. That's funny. Now, someone I knew made a very good point that uh, I think that the, the model for it is clear and you could see through the tape. Yes. Now- there's a known thing about tapes being in the sun yeah. that they oh, can yeah. get damaged. UV and he says it's actually quickly. not a good model design because you don't want your tapes to be exposed to light. Yeah. And I was like, wow, that's really interesting. You're right. <laughs> you want it to be completely enclosed as Yeah, because it could burn in or it's... They're, they're and just, it's already just okay anyway. It's now it's going to be terrible. Yeah, it's, just, <laughs> it's okay. I guess it's but not that okay. it's yeah. such a... Like, that's a good... Listen. Listen. A for gonna effort. Make money. A for money. keeping old technology new. And, and just keeping it like somewhat alive. And Tip of the hat to Star Lord. I mean, I yeah, the, oh, yeah. Seriously, the only reason why you want it is if you have music that you can't listen to otherwise. But here's the, here's the other yeah. thing: they have a thing now where you can play a tape or a record and turn it to MP3. Yeah, my sister has one. That's true. And, and you don't have cheap. to rewind or fast forward. Cool. Yeah, yeah. You don't have to. There's it's so many. It's so beneficial for you to just do that one because to, there was no benefit to you listening to anything on tape. For those of you who don't remember what it was like. It was not great. 
Um, the music quality sounded like it was coming through a drive-through takeout order machine. That was the quality that you had, unless you had like the highest of high speakers, high fidelity. But back then, like, I didn't know any better. I thought it was that's awesome. True. But that's the best we could do. The and Walkman I'm not, was like, I'm, yeah, cool. I'm not knocking the best we could do at the time. I'm knocking the fact that we don't need it. And it wasn't even a style. There's not even like, I feel like with VHS, there's almost a flavor to that video when you're watching the video that, that some mm-hmm. stories are like just the told grain better. To film and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. Some stories are told better through VHS. I haven't heard much music that sounds better on VHS. The only time that I have was the White Stripes Jack White rec- in a more recent album that he did uh went back and cut on tape and recorded on tape. Interesting. Which is a style to choose very at the recording. Don't force me to listen to it on tape. <laughs> just you can Yeah, please. Just, yeah. I, if you want to put that grainy style on your on your music, do it. You can do that. It's easy to do. So I don't understand. Exciting it. technology, exciting leaps forward for the world. <laughs> Seriously, we're going <laughs> um, so ass backwards what I, right now. What I have noticed, though, in the last just like few years, is that there's been a huge like renaissance for retro, and I'm not just talking retro gaming. Like just like the nostalgia factor is exploding. It's like a popular thing. It's like Ready days. Player One is becoming real. That yeah, people the in the future culture. can live. It back in time to just play all the old Atari 2600 um, and listen to VHS. What I'm really, VHS. what I really think also, and the gaming industry really takes credit for the whole going back to retro with the mini NES is that you're introducing these new generations to these old games mm-hmm. in like an easy way, and kids are now know about like because comedy night the thing i do every week with video game chat which i haven't talked about on this meaning there's this like kid that he must be like 11 but his his knowledge of retro games is unbelievable oh uh, uh, cyber cyber yeah he's 14 uh, he's 14 whatever but still <laughs> like 11 oh nice i thought he was younger sorry no. uh but shout out to Cyberfire. uh this, yeah, cool, this kid knows cool kid. his stuff and he's i was so surprised he was that young i had no idea yeah um, um, so, so i have to give a little shout out to that because i don't think andy promotes enough so uh, Comedy Night is I had a an Steam awful game. Week last week, no is supporters. a five dollar game. Uh, right now, it's only two dollars uh, for today only <laughs> until the summer sale's over. Yeah, but you basically it's, you can go up and do like an open mic stand up uh, thing. You can do like the musical duos. You can do you know whatever you want. So Andy has taken it and he made Video Game Night. So Video Game Night, it's like you come in and video you have game to chat, or sorry. Video Game Chat. Oh, excuse me, uh, Comedy Night Video Game Chat, and uh, he basically admins the room to make sure it's like, hey, we get all here to talk about video games and just talk about you know different uh, whether popular games out, what you're playing, all that stuff. So it's it's pretty cool, and he's had a lot of support except I guess uh, last week. Last week was the worst week. It was just trolls and like maybe there one person is showed a up. Lot I pulled of through trolls. though. The, pulled what through? sucks? About, what does suck is that you could only have like twenty people in at a time, but as many people. In Spike the club, that's yeah. in the room, but as many people as want can watch the room, right? Like it could be more than no, twenty people you watching. You can actually, again. if you're friends with me, you can watch the the me play. Oh, I did not. Did you know, know that. that on Steam you can watch someone play? That's creepy. So I could watch <laughs> your my comedy night, your comedy night, but I, don't I can't know participate how the, in your comedy night. Well, you can watch my stream where you, it's not like you're streaming, but you, but Steam allows you to like have a friend watch your play. Okay, it's really cool, uh, and uh, you got to accept it or whatnot. Okay. PlayStation cool. does it too, um, uh, but uh, yes, yeah, Steam does it. All That's right, pretty then. cool. But yeah, no, it's a fun night, and uh, if people want to come join, just check out Friday nights, 8 p.m. Uh, Pacific Standard Time, and look for video game chat. And Crypto Thank Euclid you, said he wants to uh, come in next time. He just no bought, way. He bought Comedy Night last night for two bucks. You told him about it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, we were talking in a, in a chat. And All right. Well, more than it. more people I, I know than Friday night, but this Friday I may be able to join. It's going to be the twentieth yes. week in a row. Ooh. It's a big, it's a big week. Oh, and uh, yeah, Andy gives away uh, game codes sometimes. Sometimes, so um, <laughs> not all the time. Yeah. Yes, when, when it's always available. fun. Yeah. Yes. 
But uh, our, our last topic today, uh, I see Demolition Man. Yes, I wrote Demolition Man, the movie. Now, I just want to say that this is funny because I was watching Jack Black on IMDb has a show on YouTube where you they list all the movies on your IMDb. Uh-huh. And they listed Demolition Man because Jack For Black. For Jack Black? Jack Black what? had a small part in Demolition Man. Who was he in Demolition Man? Uh, I'll have to look it up, but he was in it. Oh, um, man. But anyway. Oh, my curiosity. That's where I the tease, buddy. Well, I'll tell you right now. I'll that's look awesome. it up while cool, you tell cool. me. Yeah, well, Demolition so, Man, other than it's coming true, please explain. Well, so Demolition Man uh, is one of my f- favorite movies, just that's period, so for obvious reasons. Yeah. Um, if you haven't seen it, go back and see it, because you know what? Uh, we were supposed to all die in 1996, according to that movie. <laughs> and, and Taco Bell is the number one is the number restaurant one. in the world. It, guess, it won the restaurant And guess what Taco Bell is now opening? A friggin' hotel. Oh wow! Oh yeah, Talk I saw hotel. So they're taking over a. Uh, it's a all inclusive. I yeah. did see that all inclusive hotel that you will get served chalupas by the pool and yeah. stuff, and they have their uh, whatever like drinks they have there. They're gonna have alcoholic versions of and everything. Exactly. It's so uh, uh, Aaron just said it. It's coming true. Now that's one thing that's coming true. The the one thing that I was really waiting for though a pop up. Um, no, not uh, a pop up. Uh, is there gonna be a pop up? Well, I was going to say Taco Bell should do a pop-up demolition. I think uh, that they have. I, think they this have. Hotel I know they have because my friend worked it and she That's actually awesome. designed it. It was really high-end oh, stuff. Cool. Anyways, um, so besides that, um, the, the one scene that always captured my, my, my mind because I was young and Sandra Bullock was the sex scene in that movie. Okay, the sex scene. Oh, he's one of the, oh, Jack Black is one of the one of the people who oh, are the in the background people. with uh, Dennis Leary. <laughs> yeah, he's awesome. He has uh, one line, I think. He has a line. Uh, excellent. Uh, Enough to get him on IMDb. Perfect. He got his IMDb awesome. credit. But anyway, so so <laughs> the sex scene in in Demolition Man to me has always stood out. Yes. Because it was interesting. It the, wasn't a typical sex scene. You barely saw anything. Yeah. It was all through virtual reality. It was all through uh, awesome. mind mind melding. There is now a name for it. It's oh. called Teledildonic. Oh Ooh. man, that's a spicy name. <laughs> Teledildonic. And so the new reason, new porn category has been created. Uh, and it has, and here's why. <laughs> this is what I, so this brings me to the whole point of our podcast. Technology, right? So AR VR seeing is one thing, feeling is another. So they're so they're I've seen those robo blowjob machines. They that, sound terrifying though. They sound like a Boston Dynamics bot. They're like, <laughs> is Boston Dynamics Skynet? Because I'm really yes. scared. They're, they're ba- turning they, into they Skynet. They basically are. Holy crap. They basically are. Their stuff is just scary. Okay, yeah. my thing is this either develop the robots. What are they doing? And don't st- develop AI or develop AI and do not develop the robots. If we have both, we're so screwed. Did you see the videos where they like kind of torture them? And oh, like, well, they're, they're yeah, doing, well, that's the test. They're giving them adverse conditions. Yeah. Like, but I'm saying they're going to play. So weird to watch the robots like, will play. do that yeah 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 when they take us over they'll play that video and say you yeah. see how you remember how they started us <laughs> yeah so here's the thing so there's a uh, a university called the free university of brussels and i don't know if you knew this it's but they have huh? an international conference on love and sex with robots wow. and it's been done four times I like this that. Was well, the fourth one. sex bots are coming, man. There's no, there's nothing's going to stop them. What they're, what they're, so what they're talking about more is actually quite interesting to me. Uh, is being able to connect two people who are no geographically very far from each other to maintain a connection. So you would essentially wear a Ready Player One suit. Somebody else would wear the Ready Player One suit, and you could essentially have sex with genital or haptics. be intimate with the other with the other person so far away, which is insanity. Now imagine attaching that to wow. your VR. Going inside, uh, whatever Ready Player One world we're about to be into, and just now you can do anything, be anything. Well, you can 
pleasure anyone that you want. Why to. did VHS win over Betamax? Because of porn. Yeah. Right? That's what's going to push technology. More stuff like this. Anything, porn like, and sex. That's why we have Blu-ray. Technology. Anything that Disney and porn comes up. So obviously porn <laughs> is all for this. I think Disney's kind of holding off on, on having sex with princesses. But still. Sure. It's going to be interesting. Um, I but one thing that they did say that I thought was was really not, uh, was really um, kind of semi sweet, although pervy, but it is very sweet. Is you know there are people who have handicaps, physical handicaps oh. now that don't mm-hmm. allow them to 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 have that intimacy with a partner, and this is going to allow them that intimacy. Sure. That's true. I mean, there's always there's always you know I think good applications that are like feel good things like hey this person you know can't move but now in this vr they can experience it however and they, they can like. do anything they, yeah. it's so uh, to me that i'm like that's so beautiful but like you know it's going to just be used for really dirty purposes most of the time but completely but um but i thought that was because i know i had heard rumors of of um stephen hawking and his and his ways um and i always kind of felt bad for the guy because the man was a genius and he couldn't really do much but he he still wanted the same physical touch the same physical needs as everybody else well, well he did his best to live life without with his problems yeah yeah he wasn't always like that though you know like he, oh yeah didn't i saw you, the movie did you see yeah the, yeah, the movie yeah the, well no i'm the, what i'm saying is he lived a life as a normal person and yeah. then he just got a disease that yeah but, but he had a rare form of a rare disease because he could live longer than people normally do right with uh he with also was very wealthy he was able to afford technology mm-hmm. and people donated to him all yeah, the time. He was time. on the rowing team of he, his college. The way he invented that technology to ch- to talk to us being so handicapped, it's unbelievable. He wrote books. He, yeah. he well, talked. His, he, his understanding of the universe was beyond most human beings' yeah. even potential to understand. He was, but I guess he like, his mind was just so powerful. It yeah. Didn't mind. Now, didn't, all that with sex. All that with so Stephen Hawking. Enjoy, <laughs> enjoy that. Guy. I, th- this story no, he had blew sex. my mind. Yeah, his, his wife said, you know, yeah, stuff to sex. work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Listen, so. good. I'm just good on you. Good on you, guys, Stephen. Yeah. So good for the. Uh, I, I'm really interested to see where this goes. They, um, the, the, the article itself kind of went really deep into all of the different possibilities, including robots and training the robot to be your perfect partner, and then how that's gonna uh, handle things in the future. Yeah. So, I, it's you know I, I, Joe Rogan has some futurists on there sometimes and uh, and they were talking about sex robots and how they think that's going to take away from human intimacy because you you know even the way he was uh, uh, liking this to how you have an Alexa right and you don't say please or thank you to Alexa or to Google Home you just demand you just say hey give this shut up you know maybe my wife would have a thing and I'd be like I'd say Echo shut up and she'd yell bitch in the other room and it was funny <laughs> but now we have a daughter and we're like alright we gotta stop that we stuff right there it's now. like I, I actually start saying please and thank you to Alexa because I'm like it does teach human interaction manners so it's like if you have a sex robot that you can literally be completely you know rude or do whatever you want to it's like it's gonna ruin people's ability I think to have empathy and, and, and intimacy with another human being I mean, uh, or they'll prefer robots are, altogether and they just won't procreate they're already saying that technology is doing that now um, yeah, I guess with the Alexa thing and all that stuff. Yeah, but, that's true. No, I'm just saying like uh, human interaction, like friendship, like people are oh. are, 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 are... <laughs> You mean from going from 4chan to actually talking to someone in real life yeah. and you become it's this like, like, oh, I don't know weird who these people are. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, there, it's just... It's, um, and like I know that with teenagers today, um, uh, teenage sex has gone down, which is obviously a good thing, but the other half is the question became why. And they're saying they're it's because porn? of technology, they're watching porn, they're doing mm. all this. So it's kind of... Uh, it's kind of interesting to see how human interaction is going to change because of the technology. That's true. They say porn alone already like started to ruin intimacy. So then you take it 
off of just your laptop and bring yeah. it into the bedroom, you know, and yeah. Here's here's my, my, my quick fix to that. Just put your laptop on the other person's face. You're good. Good. Enjoy. What a charmer. Daniel Gutierrez, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Works out. Patron but uh, Demolition Man coming true. I love it. We have Taco Bell <laughs> hotels and we have these uh, virtual sex robot stuff happening. Oh, man. Enjoy. All right. All right. Embrace the future, everyone. I'm in. I'm excited. I'm in. That was a lot, guys. A lot of block news, a lot of good stuff, a lot of tech. Uh, and speaking of technology, uh, we have a really cool in-depth interview with uh, Kyle, who's from the studio, Mega World Studios, for the video game Cats in Mechs, who we had on the show because they're working with Engine Coin, who, of course, if you've been listening to the show before, uh, we've had on, and we're kind of... Uh, reaching out to a lot of the games that are working with them. So in this case, we get to learn about this interesting game about cats in mechs. So I think oh, it, yes. I thought it was a really it's cool idea. It's fun and unique. Yeah, and this is a That's game a that, fun was, concept. that was made as a game first and blockchain thought second, I believe, where yes. now they're working on uh, implementing blockchain technology with it. So let's, uh, let's throw to that. Uh, here's Kyle uh, with Mega World Studios. Yeah, Cats and Mechs was a creation from several years back that uh, is very close to being completed. And it's originally a top-down shoot-em-up on iOS and Android. So basically, it's a freemium model, and it's a lot like um, being able to romp around a dungeon, shoot a lot of other mechs, watch things blow up. But then there's a, a background, a plot, a, a character development base interaction, uh, community, player versus player, uh, base development. And it goes quite in depth about what kind of things that you can do. It's a lot like Clash of Clans when it comes to that with um, character development. I love it. I love it. And we're going to get more in depth about it. But I want to ask just uh, just a little bit about yourself. Uh, what kind of background? Are you from like a gaming background or is this something new for you? Uh, this kind of uh, or have this you, genre, this genre of, of development and work? Well, the group tends to joke around a lot that, uh, you know, they found me at a gas station and you know, <laughs> just kind of like rescued me from the world of uh, you know, mediocrity and stuff. And no, I'm, I'm originally from BioWare and that was my first gig out the door right after uh, this place called the uh, Southern Methodist University Guildhall. And so after getting my degree there, then going immediately into world designing for BioWare after a little stint at Activision. All right. Well, now I have to ask you, what were you working on? On I guess now I have to ask you, what were you working on at Activision and what were you working on at Bioware? Because I Way know gaming back in the day. Let's see, that Way was the Born Conspiracy know. for Activision. The Born Conspiracy? No way. That's cool. And then for the Bioware, it was the Star Wars MMO. Star Wars MMO. Huh. Oh wow. Okay, that's cool. Did you so I got to make you... all my childhood dreams come true about playing with the styrofoam and making up Hoth and uh, putting up little uh, stick trees and then making like Hutta and nice. all those iconic planets. So if you've been through an iconic planet, I've probably had my fingers in it. Now, I mean, I obviously you were a huge fan of of the sci-fi era and all that stuff. So when you were told that you get to, to touch Star Wars, how did you feel like when you get to play in that sandbox? Imagine returning to five years old the first time you've tasted ice cream. <laughs> nice. 
Wow. Nice. Yeah, I can't imagine. It's kind of cool when you you head into a working genre that was a part of your childhood, really, because that's how it was for me, Star Wars. Yeah. Um, Whenever anything, because I've been lucky enough to meet and work with a lot of my idols, and every time that happened, I was just like, it was... Yeah, it's a exactly. Weird, strange I had to touch the walls for feeling. two years to make sure I wasn't dreaming. Nice. And and just to get a little, I'm assuming you're a big gamer. We're big game. We're very gaming centric on the Coin Boys. Obviously, I'm a huge gamer. So, what kind of games do you like to play uh, normally? Oh gosh, that spans the whole board. So I'm highly into cinematic experiences and things that allow you to uh, make the player the center of the decision-making process, like player-driven gameplay, story-driven gameplay, uh, experience-driven gameplay. And yet I love pulling out my iPad and doing hyper-casual stuff like uh, Flappy Bird and, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Clash of Clans and, and uh, deep analysis into things like uh, uh, big console games and uh, big MMOs and things. So it spans the whole board, but I really love story. And I really love when the player gets to have and feel like they control the game. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with story. Um, that's what's bringing me back into it is the fact that when I left, story was all right. Uh, it was okay. And then I left because I had to, I was in I did games, movies, music, and television. And I went to go to film school. And when I left to film school is when games really started becoming very cinematic in their storytelling. Oh, and I was like, damn it, I felt like I missed this whole thing. Uh, but now I'm getting back into it. <laughs> True. Yeah, before gamings, I had a strong five-year stint in uh, CBS television. So I got to see behind the, the camera a lot about uh, how to produce those things, too. So it's kind of a mirror and marriage of, of both that gameplay development and that strong cinematic era. So that yeah, it felt really good. Nice. Wow, that's that's cool because we're we're from the entertainment industry as well, um, so that's cool. I I really think that they've really like come together. It's like video games are cinematic now, and it's just how they are. You know, like there's some games obviously that are very cinematic. Like you got Death Stranding is a perfect example of a game coming out that is fully cinematic because you know Kojima, he he kind of started that trend. You know, he's like, let's make this look like a movie. Um, oh yeah oh yeah um he, that could be argued that he started a lot of that that style you know he amazing won't... steps yeah, yeah I... sometimes i just like watching people's 14 hour run-throughs of stuff on youtube that they just recorded their gameplay an entire cinematic experience from one of those endeavors yeah and uh i'm like you i i have like a broad selection of video games i like to play uh, but right now for some weird reason i'm really playing euro simulator uh, euro truck driver simulator 2 <laughs> that's very specific it was five dollars are you on the wrong side of the road the whole no. time <laughs> like, I'm, a, I'm a i'm a tycoon junkie in in the the meat of the game is your it's a tycoon I game got it. but you have to drive a truck okay so anyways anyway um nice I, thanks so much for sharing your background now i'd love to learn like kind of like so what brought you to kind of like get out of like the big triple a studios and kind of maybe like uh start your own thing with uh cats and mechs and what you're doing at mega world studios i'd love to hear the story there Oh, wow. That's a, that's quite a long story, so I'll, I'll abridge it a bit. So after Star Wars got finished, I was itching to deliver some, uh, a, oh gosh, what was it? It was a piece of research that I did for uh, finding out how MMOs ticked and why people wanted to keep repeating their experience. Oh, the and, psychology of? 
Yeah, exactly. Why? Nice. What makes people? What makes people want to spend money on an MMO? And so it was a, a three pieces of ingredients that um, really worked well together. Made up a, a little prototype of my own computer and uh, showed all the friends, and they're they're all saying, all except one out of the fifty was saying, "Why isn't this a game?" So that nice. really kind of inspired me to, after getting my name on the creds for the uh, the Star Wars game, to to hustle my own shit stuff. Yeah, uh, that's that's ultimately the goal of, of most art. Did did you um? So you came in wanting to do you did you want to do video games or did you want to do movies first or te- television shows first? Oh, video games. It was that's been a childhood dream since I could reach a computer. Got it. So. Uh, I mean, I'm assuming most people come into the industry much like you, wanting to produce something of their own, but very few end up doing it. Uh, or am I wrong on that? Uh, it takes a, a lot of tenacity and um, kind of toughness through adversity. Which is well, basically everybody, all the artists out there that have to do that. But that, that excellent. Um, I'm glad that you were able to do it. So, so uh, did you? Were, how many people were you with when you started Mega World, or were you a part of the start of Mega World Studios, or did Mega World Studios come and get you? Well, it was originally, yeah, they they got me because I was just looking for a way to program that gameplay that that I wanted to program and prototype out, and so that they found me as a part of this mech game that they wanted to make. And I said, yeah, I'd love to go and be a part of this as long as I got to make that gameplay work. And so they're all, they're cool with that because they were all about making the graphics and the story and stuff. And at that time, it was uh, cats versus dogs, and your mechs were piloted at, by whatever kind of species that was. And it was a lot like uh, World of Tanks with a crew that was pi- helped along with uh, mice that would maintain your mech. Nice. And I like so, the integration of the animals. <laughs> yeah, it was it was crazy animal farm kind of thing, but at the same time, it was a lot of fun to think about. And uh, there came a time when the leader just decided he needed to do something else in life. And and at that time, I kind of stepped forward and wasn't letting one. I didn't want to let it die. Nice. Okay, so now, cats and mechs is where it's a part of a, a blockchain. Te- uh, blockchain game so were you into blockchain technology beforehand or were you had did you have to be told about this how, how did how did that integration come about oh such a good story in that there the the blockchain aspect came after most of the game was developed and there's a part of the game that analyzes how you play as a player so the game will listen to you and if you're a, a hyper casual button masher or a experience driven person or someone who likes to bank grenades off of walls or push people off of uh, or not people push the cat backs off of ledges or lead them around with lasers and stuff like that just it'll analyze how you play and provide you with more items to give you a experience tailored for that so it'll adjust the environment take care of little pieces of the plot uh, make the the loots that you get and the artificial intelligence behind the the guys, so that 
you have a tailored experience. And so all the stuff in the background is, is being used, but it was so subtle, even though that people would come back to it. Anytime we had a play test at PAX or someone's birthday party, they just didn't want to put it down, which is great, but nobody knew why. So it was, to them, it was, it's another game. But in the background, it has this um, huge AI thinking and delivering what the content should be. How many times have you participated in a game where your inventory got full of useless crap? Plenty of times. Uh, recently. So this, <laughs> <laughs> so this, oh, I got. I, I didn't like that meta game, what they called it. And um, so here your stuff is filled with things that you have a hard time parting with because it's like, oh, it's so useful. And this is so good over here too. And, and there's a reason for that because the, the game listened to you anyway. Oh, that's great. So, so I feel like, I feel like the, another, another times it just kind of, they're forcing you to play, play longer for whatever reason that they have for you to play longer. But it also, to me, when they do stuff like that, makes the game experience slow down like to a halt to the point where yeah. I just want to stop. I'd, I'd rather brush my teeth than have to do inventory management. Exactly. So, so you're trying, so with your AI that you guys are doing, you guys are definitely wanting to move the game forward for the player, for the user. Sure. Yeah, exactly. And so through finding out how those psychological elements work, we found out there is a, there's hundreds of points that will show players what their motivations are. And so we uh, boiled that down to 12 readable aspects that a game designer can work with, such as uh, like the Bartles DNA of, are you a, a socializer or a achiever? And then having a few subcategories off of those things. And so what we found, especially with blockchain, is that everybody has a way that they want to play. And if you can capture that and attach them to the items, especially if those items can be read by other games, you have an entire ecosphere that can be uh, tailored, that you can reference other games that says, according to your play style, we don't know who you are or where you live or what you do for a living, and we don't care. But how you play the game, we'd like to recommend this game, this game, and this game that you we think that you're predisposed to like, which is a heck of a lot more efficient than going on to, say, um, one of those um, uh, game portals and saying, here's the top 10 games that uh, we think everybody would like. But these are the game. like if, uh, if the game was able to refer other games and other items and be able to basically create your gamer identity. And so you could walk into other games just knowing that that's kind of something that they're looking out for, that you have a strong confidence to get items out of those games too. You're just building your yourself. So so essentially, I mean, uh forgive me if it's if it's a if it's a dumb comparison, but like it's reminding me a lot of back in the day early Pandora when you would like a song or not like a song and tell Pandora what it would do. And eventually it would start recommending stuff that, that they felt you, you may like. Exactly. Or uh, Amazon, when they say, you know, 50, uh, the top three products that uh, other people like to get when they see this item that you just looked up are, 
blah, would you like to click on them? Okay, nice. So so what so this game is creating an an algorithm on the blockchain of each user? Yeah. Nice. Interesting. I didn't realize we could store that on the blockchain. <laughs> and and is this so you mentioned uh or or the the word mech madness. Is that have to do with the blockchain? A little bit. Way back about six months ago, six months ago is way back in computer world. It, it, it is blockchain time. <laughs> we had uh, solidified our non-fungible tokens and we handed them out to the community. So we gave, basically gave away a third of our inventory to all of our, our people for getting things started rolling. And so all there's all these mechs out there. There's all these cats and mechs items out there. There's all these pilots out there. And as is a lot of other blockchain games, there's a lot of items out there, but no real way to do anything with them. And so mech madnesses are before the big game comes out, which will take a while. The, the mech madness is a, a quick player versus player tournament style. This is a, uh, the way to make your build, uh, make your mech build, put it against somebody else, and have a go at it. Have a have a play with your your items and see if you've discovered secret Easter egg combos, and check out the descriptions and be able to read up on what each pilot's good at, and then you know have just have fun with using the stuff that you got. So Mech Madness is uh, like a, a really early show and tell of being able to use the, the items. And one of the aspects that we've really concentrated on over these past few months is to employ something called addition numbers, which every one of the, the non-fungible tokens is automatically numbered. And that's, that's not new, but we've made gameplay around it. And so that the decision trees of the pilots have more content based off of how much cooler that item is. So that also adds an additional layer of collectability to the items. And I don't know if you guys have have any tokens like in your wallet, any collectibles, that um, if you've got a common item, a lot of people scoff at, oh, it's just a common item. But in Magic the Gathering, way back in the day, a common item, if used well, could turn the tide of a battle. Yes. And so <laughs> That's how it would we be my to... friend. Oh, yeah, exactly. And back in the day, I used to make decks that were made of entirely common and uncommon items that would take down the, the $1,000 tournament decks. And it was, I love just kind of rubbing that in their face that they didn't need to spend all that much money. But anyway. Got it. The, so this, this addition numbers kind of, um, come from a little bit back there where there's a like a rare common or an or a, a mythical uncommon so that Got if you it. have print number three of a thousand you have almost almost the unique most unique kind of um uncommon of that stack and it has better power than does a 
number nine nine nine. So so even though it's the same item within, it, it could be the same exact item, but if it's higher up in the edition, it has a lot. There's uh, extra things that come with the the higher editions. Exactly, and a lot of the technology that we've got in the background allows us to uh, ha- attach different power sets to those kind of things, even different art in the wallet, so that your number one items look even uh, more flamboyant than does a, a nine, number 99. So you brought in variant covers. Nice. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, it's uh, we've, we've celebrated higher edition numbers such as Pablo Picasso and Andy Warhol would number their prints. And the number one is often worth 50 times more than one of the later numbers. Now, at the same time, part of that research on the MMOs, the reason why a lot of people do the MMOs is to basically have bragging rights on their experiences. So we wanted to celebrate. If you've got an amazing collectible, like a rare such and such, or a common such and such, but a rare version of that common, you get a way to show it off. And that's what Mech Madness is all about, to be able to show off what you got and be able to show off those those neat combos that you have earned. Huh. Nice. Well, that's cool. You know, so, gamers like to show their stuff off. I yeah, get it. they definitely so do. That's that's a big deal. This is a lot of our community is from uh, Telegram, so we've made it that Mech Madness on Telegram as a Telegram bot. So this is so, a, you guys, for for a game that wasn't initially supposed to be on a blockchain, at least not designed on a blockchain. You guys are using every every aspect I've heard of. Uh, for the blockchain. Like, oh yeah, it's, it... that's um I don't want to just throw the word blockchain based game just to have a a sizzle word on it. I want to be able to you can't do this with anything else but blockchain. That's awesome. That's really cool. Um so did you guys come to Engine to get onto that uh to get onto that blockchain or did Engine come to you guys? Did like how did that come about? Well, it's um I originally had courted them for a few months. And so it started off with um, talking with uh, VTech and Ilian at a couple GDCs ago and just grilling them on how their technology worked and why would someone want to spend money on putting blockchain-based items into their game in the first place? Why can't I just, you know, I'd just make virtual items. But that's... That's uh, led us to drinking the same Kool-Aid that we were both fans of something called multiversing. Where there we go. My items in Cats and Mechs are also something that we can have in other sister and brother games that are on that same Multiverse. platform as well. And so being able to have uh, transparency in, in those items that go back and forth really opened the door to that player identity. And so you're, even if you get something in one and then it's supported in another, and then both those games benefit from it. That's awesome. You're the first person that we're talking to that's actually developing games within the multiverse. Oh, uh, yeah. I believe. That's oh, the first yeah. one that we, uh, but I, so I have a question for you in regards to that. Sure. Um, are you developing games within your own personal multiverse or are you actually speaking with the other, the other games and trying to figure out how to integrate each other's items? Mostly the latter, so that, um, for instance, where we've got 
the standard multiverse items that engines providing and we've got support for those things we've uh, we've really been excited to support uh, games that want to share items with us and in particular see i don't mind pimping out uh, naming like nine lives arena and crypto fights and forest night and uh, see the diverse guys they're they're all helping to to mold this multiverse things out so that there is some item transparency and overlap between the games nice yeah, yeah. we we spoke about you guys with uh, Andy uh, from Engine Coin, uh, and they, they liked you guys a lot. They they talked a, we talked a little bit about your game uh, with them as well. So it's it's uh, it's cool. I like this multiverse idea uh, because first of all, it's kind of uh, a throw to the comic picture. books, and I love Spider Verse by the way. Uh, oh yeah. Um, but anyway, I think it's cool. This is like not only like kind of helping the space with adoption, but you're you're kind of not forced in a bad way, but you're forced to communicate with these other games within this universe to help each other. And that's really cool. And you guys are separate companies with a crypto company like Engine kind of like meeting Uniting. In, in this one universe. It's kind of cool. How, um, oh, yeah. How is it, has it been easy or difficult to start integrating this multiverse into your, into your game? That is... Um still kind of a flexible thing because everybody's <laughs> <laughs> focused on their game and you know we've we've talked about the the items that we would want to kind of push back and forth and stuff but at the same time getting that the intention to the execution and integration of that into the, the that's a that's a big order so is this going to be like avengers a... where you have to do like you got to do your captain america your thor and, and your iron man before you can get into the the whole mixture of it all it might be like that, yeah. Okay, I'm okay with that, <laughs> but I just I like the I like the, where the projection is, and I like that you guys are still openly communicating. Absolutely, too. Oh, I've got. Um, we we were the first ones on the on the board to make a a web server interface that could read the wallets and things for other people's items. So, Mac Madness right now can start to look at your wallet and read what items from other places are available and what we want to do with that and how we want to map that into the game itself. So I can do that right now. Wow. That's really, that's, that's amazing. Can, uh, I did have a quick question as to why did you choose engine? What made, what made engine, what did engine say to you that made you drink the Kool-Aid, I guess? Well, during the, the white paper days where everybody and their dog had a white paper about how they're the best things in sliced bread. That was kind of a difficult thing. So having to research companies a bit deeper made a significant bearing on those kind of decisions. So the people that ran the company were my biggest factors. We had um, Pat and Kim, uh, both from like Bioware background and Roger from a Bioware background. So right there, it was an automatic win. It felt like family. And so, you know, being able to talk with competent people like VTech and Ilian were um, extraordinary to be able to shake their hand, talk to them face to face, look into their eye and know that wasn't some sort of uh, napkin proposal. Nice. Yeah, that's cool. Because uh, we had I met Roger at E3. That's how uh, we got connected to to them. And Roger is awesome. And I know he has a very big background in uh, in gaming, long background. Um, yeah, they're the right people because we could say the same, Daniel, because we've been able to, we had, uh, 
you know, we had most of them on the show. Yeah, they've been very open with us since like the beginning. <laughs> Just <laughs> so we know we're, them well. We're so working. We're working our way through everybody. But it's cool because we also knew them at a time they weren't during that time when there was the white paper and everything. Whose engine, you know? And then mm-hmm. they've kind of come through. You know, they've survived this yeah. this dull time that we've gone through. We the had last interviewed them so. a couple months before the Samsung announcements had come out. Yeah, oh, right. Nice, but yeah. So I really appreciate what you guys are working on. Um, so what about um for you guys with Cats and Mech? So how far in development are you guys with that? We're fairly well through most of the development itself, through like a, a level one to four demo and having all the technology on the on the tech spine, and then to be able to push in the the blockchain aspect. That's a whole nother level. So right, so it's really so, so you're you're obviously like you said earlier. This is this game is a real game that's going to have, you know, blockchain implemented on it, uh, right. with it. Yeah, it's very important for the game to be able to feel like it's not a blockchain game. Like you just right. walk into a regular game, and you just get these items and stuff. And if you happen to have a wallet, then you get those things pushed to your wallet. Now there is other gameplay that's open to you if you are a blockchain person, a person with a wallet. And so that there's a there's an aspect where you can mine other tech bits from upgrades and other items that you have and being able to make that a part of your gaming experience in addition to that so that it feels like you're generating higher and better plugins and technologies for the items that you got. And those are all based off of addition numbers, rarities, and uh, different kinds of power sets and what you've already I like upgraded it. with. No, I like it because it sounds like you guys are you know, making it easy for new people who aren't used to the blockchain technology to come in and play, but you're rewarding those who actually do the, take the time to, to do it. Right. And those people that do play with the blockchain interact with the people without blockchain, and so it's not going to take too long of a jump before one of those non-coiners, if you wanted to, quote, coin the phrase, to be able to... Uh, have exposure to how do I get that? That looks really awesome. What? Where did you get that? What quest did you do to do that? And that quest might be something that's gated by a wallet. You have to have a wallet to participate in that quest. Hmm. So I like. I mean, it's, that's kind of that's like... a motivation for a lot of people. For they see what you're going to get before you're going to get it, and that's all you have to do is just like click a couple buttons, and and you're on to that. I, I like it because it's kind of like um how Minecraft is teaching kids how to program and stuff on a, on a small level. This is totally bringing people into, into the, the complicated, but semi-simple world of, of wallets with, uh, with crypto and stuff like that. Right. Exactly. I just want a picture that my mom could play. Sweet. (laughs) That's cool. And, uh, we would love to, uh, obviously keep the door open so that, you know, hopefully we could demo it and one day and love to, you know, keep the announcements going, you know, for anything that you guys are, are reaching for and, that goes for the blockchain side of it and the gaming side of it because uh, we are very gaming centric and uh, I love the idea. I love the name. I love the art in it. I'm very into that style. I'm also into kind of like the silliness of the game that you guys have. With, <laughs> with, which is, that took you, us uh, quite a while to get to that point. Well, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Before we go, we need to talk about that well, side. Can of you the say that? Can you say the original name of the from the GDC? Um the original name of the game when you guys originally announced it through GDC? The original name? Yeah. Way a long time ago? Yeah. Five years ago? Yeah. 
That was called Omega Tech Aspen's Story. Nice. And then what what are some of the newer versions of, of the names that you have for the for the game? So, right so that was supposed to be an epic space opera for the cats civil war about a part of the, the cats had been um, had their exodus from the planet thousands of years ago and have came back. And now there's this great big civil war and, and it was a lot of, a lot for people to digest. And so when we took it originally to the penny arcade expo out in Boston, and then nobody would come to the booth and we were scratching our heads for, why why is this so and then we every time someone asked about what it was after 15 minutes of explaining it would always divert down to the three words cats in mechs oh i get it now and so what we did was we just we covered the name of the the game in in the middle of the expo and then we just kind of basically spray painted the words cats in mechs (laughs) and suddenly everybody came over to our booth to figure out what was going on that's awesome man um yeah because uh you also have the pilots like uh, dr prissy von treat and uh <laughs> oh yeah multiverse yeah, mike we were just talking about the multiverse so there's multiverse mike um so yeah we can't have with the name of cats and mechs everybody's picturing their cat driving around a cardboard box chasing a laser Nice. Yeah, right. Exactly. So the, we didn't want to throw away the art that we'd worked so hard for. And I like the art myself. And so it just became, we wanted to make it just over the top ridiculous. And mm-hmm. so it has this aspect of humor that's a lot like the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Just Ooh, something. Great book and movie. Crazy, crazy funny. But at the same time, it could be epically serious. Yeah, her Katma is, you know, decent when you get her, I guess. It's it's not super high, but it's 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 in the it's almost near the middle. You got to get that Katma up. That's one of the statistics, the stats. You have assault, stealth, engineering, Katma and streetwise. You need that Katma up, right? Yeah, exactly. Well, Katma is your your ability to do mech foo. You need the mech foo. That's pretty cool, man. I love it. I love it. Where can people find information about you guys if, they, if they're more interested in the game and other things that you guys are doing over at Megaworld? We have a website that's strongly in need of being able to update to our current item supply, which is at catsinmex.com. And let's see, the Telegram channel is where we're most lively at. It has all the latest updates as it happens. Um, it's where we poll the community. It's like, what do you think of between A and B? Do you like uh, this kind of interface? Uh, what do you want to do for your your tournament team? It's like, here's our here's our movie intros and et cetera, et cetera. So we keep that very current. So guys, that was pretty cool. I mean, listen, another blockchain oriented video game episode in the books. Uh, I love those kind of games. Yeah, I love when silliness is taken seriously, right. and you can have fun with it. So. Yeah. Uh, I'm, like I'm the serious Sam VR game I was telling you about. I can't wait to play that. It's pretty yeah. serious. Yeah, it's pretty seriously ridiculous. <laughs> uh, those are pretty fun. The serious Sam uh, VR yeah. games. Yeah. You know what I'm scared about? You know what the earthquake kind of made me fear for my VR. What's that? Is I got really dizzy during the earthquake. The second one. Really? Yeah, wow. I got dizzy during the roller. I was your outside. Equilibrium was kind of yeah. Off. It was throwing it was me off. The whole world was shaking. I'm so I'm wondering if that was if that. It was how a it's gonna happen with VR. Did you notice it was a sway? It was sway because like we were on water. The pool it's water like was weird. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's like a rolling. So I started getting a little earthquake. dizzy, and I'm like, oh, man, I hope this doesn't happen when I go into VR. No, uh, I actually think because Whoa, this is good. the VR is going to keep your equilibrium more balanced than you in an earthquake in real life is because the latency is so, so minimal. But what if I'm, I'm in the VR during an earthquake? I've actually thought about that. you think that it's part of the game? <laughs> yeah. that it's like, shaking? oh, man, who this brought is in the real. new mech suit? This feels awesome. <laughs> Uh, so do you guys real. remember Universal Studios had like the earthquake? They still have it. Oh, yeah. Wait, did so, they rebuild it? I, got, I thought it all caught on fire and everything yeah, got ruined. Got Not ruined. the earthquake. I thought part, it was the whole but like, backlog. What's it like a to the be here, yeah. in the fake earthquake while an earthquake is happening? Um, Would it just has level that ever out? happened? It just becomes boring, and you're like, hmm. I remember <laughs> one time we were given tours at Warner Brothers, and an earthquake happened, but it was a, a small one, a real small one. Okay, and everybody clapped at the end because they thought it was. A special a effect. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> so, but like you see all these like these fake buildings moving back and forth, and like, oh, it's nice. This is better than Universal. Oh my god! <laughs> I was like, no, get get away from the building, guys. We gotta come over here. <laughs> it was awesome. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, great episode, guys. And uh, stay tuned for uh, more about the Mob Crush. Uh, kind of uh, working together with them on doing our video side of the show and what's coming yeah. next. Because exciting uh, stuff. More changes are involved in that. I just wanted to make that announcement. And please go to our iTunes and sub rate review. And you could also head out to thecoinboys.com, and that's where our mm-hmm. other outlets are. There's SoundCloud, there's Google Play, uh, all 20 other outlets that might exist with us on them. Uh, blogs are coming, right, right yep. guys? You yep. got it. Stuff um, in the works. Coinboys Podcast on Twitter. We're very active there. Uh, reach out to us. Uh, at the coinboys at the coinboys.com. You got this pencil because we're telling you everything. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, thanks again for joining us. I'm Andy, uh, producer BTW on Twitter. I'm Aaron at Sanity Crypto on Twitter. And I'm Daniel at DGutierrez84 on Twitter. And we'll see you uh, next time. Catch you next time, boys. guys. Peace. Peace.